Okay. It comes here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man Merely a two-word review, it just a shit sandwich. I will roll the record up to the last minute. That right there is a lot of Welcome back to the basement, fellow music lovers. Uh, you are now tuned into the um, another exciting adventure of Chunky Glasses, the podcast. And I am your host, Kevin. And uh, we are now on, on the other side of of uh, the the great 2016 U.S. election, and, and the unthinkable has happened. Um, we have was up all night last night, recording this uh, on Wednesday uh, as I'm drinking. Wine uh, to deal with the the, the stress and, and and real grief over this, but we have uh, elected as a nation Donald J. Trump uh, as president, and by proxy, uh, putting Mike Pence in the in the White House as well. Uh, you know, we've we've talked on this podcast a lot about. Uh, just, I mean, we end every podcast with a, be be good to your people. We talked about being good, uh, being misogynist, being racist, being xenophobic. Uh, these are not good things, but these are these are uh, something that that I don't know if I said it on Mike. Uh, uh, I know we discussed it with, or I discussed it with Jen Wastner about my uh, beliefs, what they used to be, and when I had to flip them to. If you want to go back and listen to that, but the short version is. Uh, I've always grown up thinking people are are necessarily bad at their core. I have uh, I, I don't mean that as necessarily a pejorative. It's just the the lizard brain is there, and um, and uh, that's what that's what fucks us up, and keeps fucking us up. And uh, and going into this election, I had to flip that because the alternative this alternative what happened was was unthinkable, and in doing that. Explored something that I hadn't thought of that maybe people are good, and uh, these results don't change that, and they don't change. Uh, they, they they just don't change that. But the point I'm trying to make is, uh, we are in now a a dark time. That's not hyperbole. Uh, you can look it up for yourself. I'm not going to go over it, but you can look over the facts of what what this administration intends to do, and uh, and it is bad. Uh, it may not be the end, as many are calling for, uh, but it may be. We we don't know. Um, but I guess the point I'm trying to make here is that you know we're talking about an album uh, by Leonard Cohen called "Yeah, You Want It Darker." And uh, and it's appropriate because, you know, it's it's just like the little goth kid who always wants stuff in something dark, or it's like the the uh, the dumbass who thought throwing away their vote by not voting or voting for a third party candidate in an election such as this uh, thought they were being edgy, uh, being dark, and uh, and 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 you weren't. Uh, we heard you. The numbers are out there, and they amounted to this, uh, and. Um, you know, I've been up all night. I'm drinking a little wine right now. 
drank it a lot last night, and uh, it's it's a real grieving for me, and I get to talk about it with some people tomorrow uh, for what we try as as artists, as person who advocates for the art to see in our in our world as good and positive impact and that there is hope and uh and i think that there still is maybe um i've seen a lot of people today say uh, well at least we'll get a good album out of this uh good art fuck you uh you know we've also advocated for People going out and talking, using their platforms, and we had varying uh, varying results, varying opinions on that. Uh, now I don't think you have a choice, and that doesn't mean... Uh, I mean, look, if you're a musician listening to this and you write a great song, that is great. If you write a great protest song, that is great. That can change probably no one's opinion of anything because your fans are going to listen to it, uh, and, uh, and, and that's it. But if you are a musician or an artist of a certain stature, then you can uh, you have a platform slightly elevated. You aren't better than people like Jen Wastner was saying, but you 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 are elevated, and people will listen to you. People recognize you. That recognition is powerful, and now is the time for you to do that. So look, write all your damn songs. Do that. That's gonna happen. And yeah, we're gonna have some enjoyable art out of it. Uh, it won't change a fucking thing uh, in this world. Uh, it won't uh, wake people up. It won't do uh, what you think. You know, your your words are so so precious uh, that that they're going to change policy. What changes policy? And I say this because uh, my lady uh, does this work very hard uh, to save the education system of America. Now that's in jeopardy. What changes these things is hard work, intelligence. And diligence. And if you if you aren't up for that task, then I don't want to say we got what we deserved, but we certainly, uh, you know, everybody ignored this part of the country. Uh, that is this part of the country is like my. I'm shocked the Virginia one. Uh, happy, but um, my other home state, Ohio, did not. Uh, these 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 people exist, um, and this is what they think. And and to that point, what I want to say is, is is this? You know, it, it is no longer us versus them. We can't afford that. Um, go out and and engage somebody you know has views diametrically opposed to you. Stop saying this thing about you have to not talk on Facebook. Just about politics. Talk to people. If you're sitting by yourself thinking all these hateful things, if you're one of these voters thinking all these hateful things and you never talk to people about it except for Fox News, then you didn't get an informed opinion. The only thing you did was confirmation of what you believe over and over and over instead of the truth. Um, and uh, Which is that, again, back to the what I was saying, that we are all... Uh, we are all, I think, deep down, uh, good, good people, and, and we care. And it's hard, but we're going to, uh, now we're going to have to get through it. So I just wanted to throw that out there. And, um, and uh, you know, we're going to be talking down here on Thursday. If anybody wants to talk about it, hit us up. We have to talk about it. We have to keep talking about it. 
and keep talking about it and doing it. And if, if you don't have a, if you don't know, uh, if you're not a policy wonk, find somebody who is. Talk to them. Uh, shout it at the top of your lungs uh, to be good and uh, do good, but not just yourself, but everybody. We'll be talking about it more uh, in the coming weeks, but that's that's where I'm at right now. So, uh, with that in mind. <laughs> Uh, if you guys are still with me, um, let's head on down to the basement and talk about some Leonard Cohen. Mother, mother, there's too many of you crying. Brother, 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 there's far too many of you dying. You know we I, I will have to uh, with that. Gus, you gonna make it? You, you got it, buddy. All right, all right, you got it. And a cat vanishes. Uh, it's been a little while, guys. It's been. We've, T- we've all been has busy. I feel like it's been a lifetime since been at least I've, a month since I've gazed on your three eleven CDs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're actually. Did you go on sabbatical? I did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sort, I, sort uh, of. <laughs> but he was like, and all of a sudden, I started getting like uh, emails like you, and like, man, I really need a podcast tonight. <laughs> Takes a while. <laughs> Oh, that's cool. I yeah, appreciate yeah, it, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to provide that service, guys. They were they were dark times. They, they I'm, were. I'm, I'm glad um, they're behind us. A lot of stuff happened then, but um, uh, one thing that that happened that I'm surprised. I'm actually surprised you're here, Patrick, because I don't know how your <laughs> head is like actually together. Why? Uh, Bob Dylan won oh, the Nobel Prize. Yeah. So he, a little, let's, let's, let's talk about this. No, no, really. Hibbing's own Robert Zimmerman. I've been to his house. I have mm. pictures on my phone if is you want to see him. Is he the first Minnesotan to win a Nobel literature? Mm, Sinclair Lewis? Was he in Minnesota? South Dakota. South Dakota. So are you, because originally when we were going to talk about this, the story was going to be like, Bob Dylan doesn't show up for the Nobel Prize. But, he's but, he, but I mean, up. he showed up. He's I he, think he was trolling a little bit, but <laughs> whatever. You, you think? Yeah. yeah. His entire career, maybe? Bob Dylan a troll? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> So so when when but seriously when when you heard this was was going on what was your first reaction? Hmm. Uh, I had heard rumors that this was maybe because I have secret Dylan websites on the dark internet. No oh, kidding. That just kidding. FBI. Your, I've never been on the dark internet. Tour server. Uh, so the things you will and won't talk about are just baffling. <laughs> <laughs> no. So I I read a lot of I I have feeds that come into my email from a bunch of Dylan blogs and there was like a little bit of rumbling. Right. I was like, no. That's not going to happen. And I'm a big Philip Roth guy and I'm a big Pinchon guy. So mm-hmm. I was like, no way Dylan gets the Nobel before Roth or Pinchon or Delilo for that matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then when he got it, I was, I had mixed emotions. I think I emailed you guys a little bit. You probably don't remember. Like, as a hardcore Dylan fan and somebody who's read the, and I'll go on about the Christopher Ricks book in a minute, mm-hmm. who's read an explicative book about Dylan's lyrics as poetry. I was pretty psyched, but as somebody who also knows that the couplets on whatever Red Sky or whatever that album is and that the <laughs> the lyric if dogs run free then why not we is just terrible. Like I was like, well, there's a lot of stuff in here too that's not the best. So, I had mixed emotions. Like I think I think that if Philip Roth and Thomas Pinchon die without winning the Nobel and Bob Dylan has one, I think that's a little bit of a problem. I also think this is going to make, and I, if you're listening to this and you know who you are, because you have shared bootlegs with me before, but the baby boomer Dylan heads, (laughs) 
who are lovely people, it's just catapulting them to another level of. It's sort of like the Cubs winning the World Series. Like it's <laughs> great, but it's a l- gonna Which make did last night. It's gonna make people a little bit more annoying to a certain level. So I sort of have mixed emotions. I do think the notion that, and I think Eduardo, you said something about you for you you need to hear the music in order to enjoy the sort of literature of it i do think that having rock or popular music recognized as literature is actually kind of cool and important yeah and i do think that his lyrics having read that book it's called dylan's visions of sin by christopher ricks who's a british dude i think it actually is poetry but i'm with you that when i hear what Christopher Ricks considers to be Dylan's greatest song, which is The Lonesome Death of Hattie Carroll. I hear the tune with the music. And I think that's okay. I think literature, mm-hmm. you know, there's a grand tradition. I just... Well, I mean, we... we it's, uh, I have mixed emotions. To be, to I'm, I'm be, sort to, of To be minds. reductive, I mean, we, we consider Shakespeare literature, but that's all about the performance. Right. I mean... It, I mean right, and then the people that think that W.H. Auden is great poetry, like W.H. Auden could be really boring or it could be really great depending on who reads it. Did yeah. I just lose everybody with a WHI? No, 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 no. I, I was going to say, you're talking about him or, or Leonard Cohen? <laughs> I'm going to, oh. I will, so is this, is this where I stage a vigorous defense of uh, Auden's in Praise of Limestone? Because sure, that, sure. that is one of the yeah. greatest poems ever written. Um, no, I've, I've, I had this really, I had this significant argument uh, with a friend a number of years ago who said, as a lot of people do, like that he you know, treats Dylan's lyrics as though they're poetry. And as someone who has read a fair amount of poetry and who cares about the art form and who also cares about uh, artists sort of staying in their lanes, like I just took massive fucking umbrage unnecessarily <laughs> to this comment, which led to like hours of arguing. Um, and, I, and I just don't, you know, there's, there's just no, there's no version of, and it's not just Dylan, it's any literary songwriter. There's no version of of their lyrics that to me is better as a text and not in the performance. And it's just not, um, uh, and if, and if the performance isn't better than the text then maybe they're just not very good musicians. But, um, I, I, you know, that's, that's the thing that it sort of bugs me that people say that it's like poetry when in fact, like if you read modern poetry, it doesn't, uh, it's not structured as a song with like verses and choruses. You don't repeat, uh, well, I mean, uh, a lot, a of, Dylan's, a lot every... of Dylan's stuff like is that, but a lot of it is free form. I mean, it can be. I mean, that's 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 the bad like the bad music and poetry of of everyone's youth. Mm-hmm. Like, I wrote you a song, baby. You want to hear it? And it's like fourteen <laughs> stanzas of just like crap, <laughs> right? Right? right. Uh, that leads nowhere. But I mean, I I don't know. Like to say I I'm with you. Like there there's a lot more living people right now that as they they. They all made a choice. Culturally, Dylan, I don't Dylan, know if those people have had the influence that he had, but keep going. Of course, yeah. of course. But but they made a choice, and yeah. some guys went into literature. And that's a very specific thing. Mm-hmm. It's much different to write like Pinchon or Delilah or, than mm-hmm. it is to write a three-minute piece of prose, yeah. if you want to consider it about that. Three, and it's three minutes mm-hmm. because that's, that's how right. long it takes yeah. to read it. And, and, uh, and a novelist is never going to have the same but, cultural but, impact. See, but, but last thoughts on Woody Guthrie, okay, which is like a ten-minute beautiful piece of poetry. But anyway, keep going. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't think they have to be mutually exclusive. Yeah. I, I, I think there's, you know, they, they occupy. There's a subset where where these things coincide. Mm-hmm. But it all, like for me, this what this really does is it opens up uh, 
and in some ways, I think actually cheapens uh, that, that particular Nobel Prize hmm. because it opens it up to all these things that people are saying, like, you can love, like, Vic Chestnut. He is the greatest, mm-hmm. like, he's the best fucking poet of the South and this. But people like Vic Chestnut for very specific reasons that aren't related to his actual, like, work, the actual mathematics of his prose. Hmm. You know, we spend a lot of time and have spent a lot of time on this talking about the science of music. There's also science to literature. There's yeah. science to poetry. There's, mm-hmm. I mean, dude, science guys, it's fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But, but so with, with Dylan winning this, like I, I, I do believe at some point he definitely, I mean, he's deserving of the recognition. Is and and we'll talk a little more about no that here. once we uh, yeah obviously <laughs> <laughs> once we start talking about Leonard Cohen but uh, he he's deserving of the recognition but there are also like as soon as you go down that road mm-hmm. there's so many others that are yeah when you is Jeff get Tweedy getting the Nobel Prize come well, on I, I mean if, if if it opens the door for Kendrick in thirty or forty years <laughs> right. like then then, or that's, next year. then that's right I mean but but it is uh, because what was like. To pimp a butterfly, yeah, as important as any Dylan album, and, and maybe and as and as literary and elusive and complex, uh, right. uh, a work of um, uh, it, it injects literary Luther forms Campbell. into the folk tradition. No. So Luther Campbell, two life crew. <laughs> yeah. they have a different award for uh, those things. For rhyme. those things. <laughs> I mean, I mean, so are we gonna see? Uh, I mean, do you think we're gonna see that, or this is just like? Guys, we all, I think this we is a one-off. For, for uh, the next 20 to 25 years, I think this is a one-off. Eduardo yeah. has more to say, and we should let him say it, but I want to come back around on this Christopher Ricks theory, because I actually think I'm right about this, but go ahead. And I, th- therefore, <laughs> I cannot shut up. But you should jump in. Well, I would like to hear, I guess, you know, what we haven't really heard is um, uh, writers commenting on this, and I think that's, yeah. that's sort of the, you uh, know... Margaret Atwood, not happy. Not happy? <laughs> not happy. Right. Good to know. She, Leonard Cohen she, applauded. Well, they're you know they're yeah. he and you know as as goes Dylan the so Canadian does. Dylan <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, no, but I think but I think it is important to just to rec- you know I I I sort of I just don't like the idea that like um, someone who is successful um, in one idiom or in one medium that we should just assume that that success translates to like an adjacent right. medium, right? And this is right. sort of like Jerry Garcia ties are fucking horrible. Um, I don't own any Miles Davis artwork. Yeah, but Cherry <laughs> Garcia. Yeah, Cherry Garcia is Delicious. a work of art. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's just it it, it just doesn't um, it it's not something that the Nobel Committee needs to do because it doesn't in any way raise the esteem of the award itself, and it doesn't well, is, serve is the people it's meant to serve. Is there a Nobel Prize for songwriting? I mean. Uh, that's an is, ignorant question. No, but, well, Dylan already has like a presidential medal of freedom, right, right. doesn't he? But I mean, it's not, the, it's not the Nobel, bro. It's, it's not. But. You know, yeah, but that's what you know. <laughs> open it up to that because, and, and it's funny, Margaret Atwood, mm-hmm. a novelist, and like I said, people a very prolific, prolific excellent man, novelist, and chose that route. Mm-hmm. But the the skills you're saying little, it was that or right Highway 61 revisited. I think I think in in some <laughs> senses, yeah, could I, be. I, I think if uh, my experience with talking with people who who just write and with people who yeah. just make music, like the, the skill set of the writing is is essentially the same, and some people well, are better at putting it into music. But it, if if you're talking about the guy we're going to be talking about, he doesn't try too hard to put it to music. Well, and and <laughs> and, and Murakami has an 
vinyl collection that numbers in the 10,000 and writes everything to music. Right. And if you listen to Franzen, I mean, in in the very mediocre, in my opinion, novel Freedom, like there's a whole thing about that's basically the, the Mekons, like he's turned that into a part of the narrative. Like mm-hmm. writers are so influenced by music and yeah. so obsessed with it. Yeah. There is a relationship, I agree. So let me lay down the Christopher Ricks thing, and, and, and okay, I'll yeah. do the short version. So the Nobel Prize Committee is what are they Swedish, Swiss? What the? I think I think they're all I think they're all given by Norway except for one, which is by the Swedes. I want to say okay. So it's a very Eurocentric body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have ignored American literature for like twenty five years. <clears throat> I think they weren't going to give this to Dylan without the Christopher Ricks book. The Christopher Ricks book again is called Dylan's Visions of Sin. Came out. 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, yeah. I've got it in paperback. It's not something you just sit down and read all the way through. You read it in pieces. He has written books about Blake, Shelley, uh, pick Longfellow, pick Wadsworth, pick a, a, a major English poet. And he goes through Dylan's lyrics and he starts comparing some of the patterns and schemes to those great English poets. Yeah. It's a little hard to follow. He's stretching in places, but he does make some pretty interesting and killer points, especially about Dylan's, the lyrics from the younger days, is about he, how well-structured and poetic it is. I, I haven't and re- you start to believe that it is poetry on a certain level. And there's well, some well, fascinating I chapters. I haven't read the book, but it, I mean, is he making that, like, it, it sounds like just an anthropological study of this, you know, backed with science. Like, is he, um, is his assertion that, that Dylan was doing this on purpose. Yes. Or yes. Uh, so, so he, his assertion is that he that is Dylan not, didn't just stumble. This is upon not an accident. He thinks Dylan's doing it on purpose, whether it's because of education or because of just lightning came out of the clouds and struck him with genius right. or whatever. But the reason I bring all this up is that Christopher Ricks is British mm-hmm. as mm. fuck, frankly. <laughs> and so that I think opened the gates for Europeans to take Dylan's lyrics more seriously as poetry 10, 15, I think it's 15 years ago when that book came out. And, and when you read it, you, you realize that academics, it's not just American dork am- academics. Like there's a lawyer, there's a judge who writes all his opinions using Dylan lyrics somewhere right. like in New Jersey. Yeah, right, right, yeah, right. Yeah. There's all this stuff in America, but like when Europeans started to take him as seriously as they take other poets, I think that was the gateway drug that got the Nobel Committee there. And I almost think, this is my little conspiracy theory, I almost think that the Nobel Committee is giving the finger to modern American literature by giving this to Dylan. Oh, yeah. shit. Interesting. Okay. But anyway, the Christopher Ricks book, if you're going to read any of it, read the Song to Woody chapter and read the Lonesome Death of Hetty Carroll chapter. Yeah, I mean, hmm. no, I actually will read it. I'll... I'll, I'll... I'll bring it in. I'll, I'll uh, you. you know, ebooks, whatever. And, and Come on, man. I don't do the physical <laughs> media. Um, you know, uh, yeah. I mean, and, and that's actually fascinating, and that's uh, that's sort of a good theory. Um, you know, it's uh, <laughs> along with Brexit. They were, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. I mean, for me, it's just I I try to take a. Uh, to use your term, like a thirty, forty thousand foot view of art, yeah, and and see that people are whatever pocket you're doing in, and it's like it's still in that circle of of art. So awards like this tend to be kind of silly when you get it down to that. But if you're gonna do it, I still am not completely convinced, without reading that book, that it shouldn't have gone to somebody, like. <laughs> 
And look, there's many arguments against Delillo, like mm-hmm. for sure. But uh, <laughs> there's way more arguments for uh, him him getting that. And you have somebody that has thought about that, or even like fucking Burroughs. Yeah, I got to say the hardest one for me to swallow is Roth. As much as I like Pinchon and Delilo, I just... Philip Roth's body of work. Right. You can say he's a misogynist. I, fine. Right, those people, it, Go it, read When She Was Good, which is from a female well, perspective. It's phenomenal. Have, it, it, I've read almost all of his books. Like that guy, there will not be a better American author in our lifetimes, no, in my opinion. No, I mean, if you I haven't, if you haven't so. read Roth, if you haven't read, uh, like, I, I defy you to, like, sit down and, like, pleasantly get through Gravity's Rainbow. <laughs> well, but, no, that's, well, that's a different that's kind of... Great. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 <laughs> but, no, but the thing is, when you get through it, yeah. this isn't some infinite jest bullshit. Like, this hey, is... Now. A, <laughs> but uh, David Foster Wallace, not deserving of the Nobel. Uh, but, let, that's for another podcast. But, yeah. just, but using uh, Dylan as a standard, I'm not sure that that's Right, that, the, that, like, that's sort of that's, what I'm That's the at. point. Like, I think, I think, I think there are a lot of you know uh, American writers who I would not want to see winning the award. But if, but if it's up for grabs for Dylan, then all of a sudden I think it becomes really hard to decide who's who's no longer eligible because the criteria is that it should go to the person who has produced quote the most outstanding work in an ideal direction. <laughs> Pretty vague, <laughs> sort of like you know interpreting the Bill of Rights or something, but. Uh, um, Could that be our new rating system? But yeah, I just don't. I, I mean, <laughs> be better than what we have is now. This, is this the oh. most oh. ideal? <laughs> uh, yeah. So I just, I just struggle with like how that meets the how that meets the criteria. Um, yeah. To be honest, and uh, and if we're saying that that a songwriter's body of work is literature, then you know why not uh, why not dance why not visual right. media one right i mean right. um if they can have literary forms and traditions which which they can you can have words and and, and just about anything <laughs> are, are you getting frankly. uh two questions are you getting towards everything is everything man and have we taken enough acid uh the answer to the Wait, latter is, is always no oh. <laughs> we should always take more <laughs> coming in 2017 uh, get ready kids <laughs> So, and everything is everything, but everything is not literature. Right. So. Right. Um, we'll put some links in the show notes. Uh, definitely put some links to the, uh, the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and uh, seek it out, talk about it. But, uh, this really comes to bear next year. No, it'll be a, re- the, a real author. It'll be a, it'll be a novelist next year. We'll I'm, see. I'm sure. We'll see. You guys ready to listen to uh, some Leonard Cohen? Yeah. A novelist turned songwriter. Yeah. yeah. Poet. If you are the dealer, I'm out of the game. If you are the healer, means I'm broken and lame. If thine is the glory, then Mine must be the shame You want it darker We kill the flame Magnified, sanctified Be thy holy name Vilified, crucified In the human frame A million candles burning For the help that never came 
darker. The name of the song is uh, You Want It Darker. That is off of, I don't know the number of albums because he's got a fuck ton. Uh, uh, Leonard Cohen's <laughs> latest and uh, possibly last album. And look, the the significance of this, given how we us three started out this year yep. of this podcast, is not lost on me. If, Le- if Leonard Cohen is dead, by Sunday, Cohen night, is dead like, by Sunday night, there is a positive, is a positive thing that we're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but he, he did say uh, in coming out of the press on this, he said, hey, uh, I'm ready to die. Retracted mm-hmm. it though. Did he retract it? He retracted it. What was? <laughs> well, how, well, the statement well, "I'm ready to die, kill me now" or something was taken out of context. I don't know. Oh, that's from, I think that's from uh, it's yeah. from a remnant. Right, right. There's a yeah. lot of uh, alternate yes. in context. It's funny, probably. Well, look. <laughs> I mean, he's 82. He's 82. Two, yeah. Like I, I had a grandpa who was 83 who used to fake a gun being put in his mouth and pulling the trigger. Right. Like, he was ready to go. Good it's not but much fun to be in your 80s and 90s. So that's just like, <laughs> yeah. that starts at like I'm not trying 40. to be facetious. <laughs> I just mean like, at a certain point, if you're in pain, like, it's not much fun. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. And so, I don't know how much pain he's in. So, so, I, I don't think we even, I think we should or we can give a history of Lemon Cohen. Like, look it up. There's a fucking, like, Wikipedia entry. We'll tell you everything you know about mm-hmm. him. He is, uh, yeah, we, we wanted to talk about the Nobel stuff because amongst uh, music fans or uh, scholars of music, there there is, I, I think, a triumvirate like, of, of him and uh, Dylan mm-hmm. and Tom Waits. It's sort of like I mean, the Mount Rushmore yeah, of, like... Yeah. And, and these mm-hmm. are the people that, that to some people's minds, elevated uh, music, rock and roll, folk, whatever, whatever, you, whatever you want to call it, uh, to the level of literature. Because uh-huh. before it was not literature. It was um, throughout his career, he has uh, proved to be fussy, weird, uh, <laughs> uh, amazing, and sometimes mm-hmm. he's had uh, unforgettable tracks. Uh, Suzanne is yeah. like is like is amazing. Uh, a lot of the tracks off uh, "I'm Your Man." Mm-hmm. Uh, first, we'll take Manhattan. Uh, mm-hmm. is, yep. is, Love it. Is, a, yep. is amazing track, uh, and. I think he. I think he spent a few years off, maybe, and then came back recently with this trio of albums that that I. You know, we'll we'll talk about how it's presented, but that's just cheap, and I doubt that he is actually saying this. It's like his end of life trilogy. Well, regardless of whether he's walking back from that uh, from that statement, I mean, there's a clear like if you've been paying attention to him for the past. Um, seven or eight years like there is a sense that he's trying to get his affairs in order um and uh and yeah i mean he's 82 right like not i i remember in his uh, in that uh in the i'm your man book um he mentions i think that when he turns 75 he's going to start smoking again i think so he's yeah. been smoking again for like seven years yeah um which explains that that rasp a little bit yeah um but uh but i think what we just heard too is like exactly what some of us like so much about Cohen and maybe what is such a turnoff to some people about this sort of like Nick Pizzolatto complicated man, you know, <laughs> world where like everyone smokes and drinks whiskey. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's no McConaughey. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, that's actually a good comp because I mean, it is, 
you know, to my mind, and, and you guys, we'll, we'll get into this uh, for like now. Uh, his entire career, like he has, it's it, he's he's to me like a mood artist, and he he does write literature. Mm-hmm. He does not spend a lot of a lot of energy on making the music compelling. Uh, so what you're you're compelled by, at least at least what I'm compelled by, when I'm compelled, is what he's saying, and the way he's saying it, and and well, in, in that, oh, maybe in, the in, in that, mm. yeah, well, yeah, uh, well, and we'll get to Hallelujah, but but it you <laughs> sounds know, like a threat. Yeah, it, it, it is. Don't get your turn, Hallelujah. It <laughs> you know in, in that respect, like it, it's a thing where I look at his body of work, and I'm like, this guy is an amazing writer, and I don't see him. Uh, as an amazing like musician, as an amazing songwriter, I think it's just sort of like a uh, uh, a thing where it's like it's Leonard Cohen, mm-hmm. and it's one of those people, and, and like it's Tom Waits, it's Bob Dylan. But but I'll start the fight here by saying the thing with Bob Dylan, as opposed to Cohen or Waits, none that we're talking about Waits, is that Dylan had the magic, and that's not in quotes. To bring it all together into a song, and so that you could not dispute that it was a song. There was, you know, we were just talking about is it literature? We have to. I don't think we can say that about anything in Cohen's career. I think we can look at it and be like, well, if you just put it on a page, it reads just as well. So, well, I, I mean, I think I think there's, you know, if, if you go particularly on his his early album, Songs from a Room and um, Songs of Love and Hate, and uh, songs of leonard cohen are they all yeah they're all yeah uh but songs like the stranger song and teachers and one of us cannot be wrong and like these are these are hefty um very well constructed and well written songs and i think they um are they songs or are they poetry they're they're musical so so also of the three guys if we if we stay in this kind of triumvirate um cohen is by far the least musically adventurous and diverse (laughs) right uh, Waits being the most, yeah. Waits, Waits yeah. being the guy who's just concerned like, with lyrics. Yeah, other than about, about a quarter of his catalog is not recognizably music to yeah. some people, right? I, right, I think, right, right. Uh, which is fine, yeah, because it's all awesome. Um, but I, I, I don't. Um, I guess, I guess. So, Kevin, you said you you reject the idea that these three albums are supposed to be like a kind of summation of his. Yeah, because I've seen it for every album. And that's just because I've seen the press release for every album. Mm. I, I think, especially listening to this, there's a lot of these lyrics that are the same. It's the same, He's talking about the same things he's talked about his entire life. There's no reckoning. There's no. He's just like, hey, dude, I'm Leonard Cohen. You know what I like? I like to fuck, I like to smoke, and I like to drink a lot of whiskey. Yeah. And, mm. and that, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But it's a hard sell because... In 2016, uh, you know, we we just, <laughs> for example, and I'm not saying he's misogynistic at all, but it's boring. It, some of his stuff could be, you know, mm-hmm. there, there's a lot of issues with uh, control of the man over the woman, over the wife and all that. And we just... Uh, talked, On this album? No. Oh. No, in his catalog. But we just talked about Anderson Pock. Mm-hmm. And how people are, are on on no worries, and like how, how there is a lot of misogyny on that, and but people see him as a man's man because he's doing it, and, and I bring that up because you use that term, or I think you did, like you don't like men rock, and I mean that's what this is. This is the classical, like old definition of being a man, and a man telling you what that is, and I don't in 2016, uh, it it's it doesn't necessarily resonate with me as much as. Even like I went back and listened to uh, again like uh, I'm your man, and I was like, yeah, I get that. That's weird. Uh huh. 
that's good poetry. That's that's compelling that stuff. But then I get to the, any of his past three albums. There was one track on the last album that sounded like he went to some weird ass dance club. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Like, but but any of this is just sort of like, well, I feel like I should make an album. I need some money and Well that well Well he did need money. That's part of the trick. For he sure. got screwed by his and agent. And I'm not I'm not yeah. begrudging him that. Yeah. But You Want It Darker does some things that he hasn't really done in his career. So first of all, you have that male choir, which gives that just yep. incredibly dark, ominous uh, feeling to the song. Um, and it's a, it's a mood I think he's been striving for and not really been able to hit, I think, particularly because like a lot of artists whose careers, like if your career starts before the 80s and ends after it, you have to reckon with that with that 80s phase, right? And the right. decisions and the decisions that were made. And the cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he was a monk during that time, right? Part of it. Part of it, yeah. 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 Up on Mount Baldy with Roshi. Uh, <laughs> not, uh, look it up. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's real. This is all, this is all factual. Um, there was something you said, Kevin, that I wanted to get back to, and, I'm, and now I'm blanking on it. Oh, so 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 he does, you know, he, he he's had he's had motifs that... Um, you know, famously on, um, you know, like uh, So Long Marianne, there's that we forget to pray for the angels and the angels mm -hmm. forget to pray for us. There's a line on this album that's a lot like that. So yep. Something to the effect of like we walk away from angels and devils. Yeah. I gave up the devil, but I also gave up the angel. Yeah. And that third song. Yes. On the level. Which, yeah. 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 Um, and that's a great line. It is. No, this this album. And I, th and I think what what. Um, what his kind of return in 2009 and that, you know, four year tour that he did with all the amazing live recordings that came out of that is that it's something that you put on and you kind of listen to it. And just every, every three or four minutes, you just find yourself hearing a line and you're maybe like catching a meaning uh, in it that maybe you hadn't heard before, or mm -hmm. it's just articulated better. And you just kind of smile to yourself. And it, there's, there's a, there's a way, there's something that he does in songwriting, which is that he has this ability to speak from a very concrete place to a very concrete person. Um, and so, you know, when there's an I or a you in the song, you instantly feel drawn in by, by those. Um, but is it, is it in uh, Patrick, you're being silent over there. So uh, we'll get you to jump in here. But, but is that though, because of the, the, Leonard Cohen, you've built in your head that you see it that way, or because it legitimately is that. Because I hear this, and it's not original thought. It's it's. I mean, it's personal thought in that sense. It's very it's very much. This is just what this guy is. But I already know what who this guy is. I don't have any questions about Leonard Cohen. Like I know who he is. I know the life he's lived. And I think I, this album raises a lot of questions. Okay, I think he's renouncing. I didn't even think he was Christian, but I think three or four songs in this album, he's actively renouncing Christianity. Is he, is he renouncing it or mocking it? Somewhere in between. I mean, right. I have no idea. But I didn't. I, I don't think in the past the two albums before this there was that much of this. No, 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 no. yeah. No. That's what I've sort of been drawn into by it. I think there's this like weird atheist streak or whatever the hell it is he's doing. That's pretty explicit. Like I think the second song, and maybe it's a good time to transition to that treaty yeah, to me yeah. is like a just a straight up renunciation of well, let's, Christianity. Let's hear a little bit of treaty and then come back okay. to that. I've seen you change the water into wine I see you change it back to water too I sit at your table every night I 
try, but I just don't get high with you. I wish there was a treaty we could sign. I do not care who takes this bloody hill. I'm angry and I'm tired all the time. I wish there was a treaty. I wish there was a treaty between your love and mine. Ah, oh, they're dancing in the street. It's jubilee. We sold ourselves for love, but now we're free. I'm so sorry for that ghost I made you be. Only one of us was real, and that was me. I haven't said a word since you've been gone. Okay, Treaty, Eduardo, you're angry and tired all the time. And, I just uh, heard that line, and I was like, "This, this album is this it's, is, it's my people." Uh, we we were uh, <laughs> we we were discussing uh, at the top of that about you know what this song is actually about. Now, Patrick, your contention it's about his his rejection of it could be Buddhism, Christianity, whatever religion you know he's been practicing right now. And yeah, and I think that's actually a theme of this album that I've not seen him enunciate as clearly before. But again. That's my interpretation. So. Yeah, yeah. But so, so, what do you see in this album that that would, uh, you know, defend your defend your theory, sir? Okay, do you want to hear my whole full narrative? Yeah, I'll try to keep it yeah. quick. So, you wanted the last song was called last album was called Popular Songs or whatever, and it was a mm-hmm. little, I hate to say it, peppier than this. Yes. <laughs> okay. So I think popular problems, maybe popular problems. Some of the backlash was like quit trying to fit in i think he went whole hog and said all right fine you want it darker here you go here's what i'm really thinking about i think at least two songs on this treaty and i think the second one is it seemed the better way are explicitly about rejecting religion or realizing that religion is just whatever form he's practicing in it and it seems explicitly to be christianity and it seemed the better way it's it's false and he's rejecting it and it's so late in life for him that he's just bitter about it. Um, I know he was raised as a Canadian Jew. I don't know right. where he stands now as a monk. I think he's. I think he still considers himself considers himself a devout Jew. Right. Um, so, but there's stuff in that but, song. But who practices better Hinduism way, and who's an ordained Buddhist minister? Right, right. And so, there's only a few songs in here that I actually think are about like companionship and females like i think one maybe we're going to play later traveling light is maybe about that um but um i also think the lyrics are opaque enough on the last three albums you could say this they're fairly opaque but i think on this one they're especially opaque enough that i could read i could do a atheist reading of this album um from top to bottom and write a four the 4,000 word essay about it and the next person could come along being you and say no this is all about a relationship I, right. I mean it's fairly opaque but I do think that 
when you when you think about the last album and then the 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 mission statement at the beginning you wanted it darker okay i'm gonna go dark now i'm gonna go Mm -hmm. tell you what i really think about the world it's bleak this is more bleak than to me either of the last two albums oh for sure and i think he's getting at all right fine you want to know what i really think about how things work here's what it is it's all lies and i'm disappointed by it this is this is bleaker than not just his previous this is bleaker than like most albums like there are like black this is a borderline black star (laughs) level of bleakness yeah well, no. and I'm, uh, Eduardo, if you well, want to get into stuff before we get into that. Well, I just, I just, I just want to compliment um, Patrick's point a little bit. So on the song, If I Didn't Have Your Love, yes. there's this, there's this, I mean, I mean, that, that's as much of a manifesto for Cohen's view of the world, which is that it's through, through loving other people and through relationships that you become real. And that's how the world is not a cold, empty, dark, uh, scary place. When he says here, you know, mm-hmm. I'm sorry for the ghost I made you be. Only one of us was was real, and that was me. Um, there's, you know, he was, he's, he's. It's, it's, it's a matter of public record that he was not the best uh, spouse or companion to any of the many women in his life. Which is why I interpreted it, it as, and it could be as much yeah. of a self indictment of, you know, of I was incapable of seeing your realness, right? I made you into a ghost. Yeah, yeah it's not a and celebration. It's my, it's my family, yeah, it, right, right, right. It's, yeah, it's I, not, I that, like that's dark as fuck. It's just like. I'm I'm reviewing my relationships and this thing that yeah I I fucked I sh- up I should I should so but in support of Kevin's point uh, the the uh, the person who introduced me to Leonard Cohen was this uh, Turkish guy I knew in high school who had the lyrics to Suzanne written on his wall uh, and I found out many months later he was uh, hooking up with my girlfriend was she named Suzanne uh, she was she was she was not she she shall remain nameless for the okay. uh, for the purpose uh, okay. of this podcast yeah, but yeah. Uh, but yeah but that but that lends credence to the idea Her name that, was like, Carmen. Electra. Yeah. <laughs> Katy Perry. <laughs> Beyonce. Uh, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, well, let's take it back. I, I mean, there's to take the point further, leaving the table on its face, if I ever loved you, if I knew your name, there are li- things like that in there. But when you hear little by little, cutting the, we're cutting the cord, we're spending the treasure, mm-hmm. the sweetness restored. I actually think it's kind of a political. Like I was listening to it this morning, I was like, "Oh, this is about the election." <laughs> well, like, it might be. I mean, like that's what I'm saying is I mean, like I don't is know that like, you can read this album to be about. And, uh, that's what I think great about, even better than the last two albums, and that's why I think this is an elevated uh, up another level from the last two for me, which I liked a lot. I, I think that there's something about. Um, the delivery of the mood on this and the opaqueness of the lyrics, but also the punch that they pack, however opaque they may be, that like you can be affected by this in any number of ways and you could you could be reading it in an entirely different light than the next person. Mm-hmm. And I think that's super powerful and great. Well, and that is his that is his superpower. Yeah. Like a, a, as an artist, uh, you know, but uh, as our G chats would reveal Eduardo. <laughs> uh, and me and Paul's actually. Paul couldn't be here. Um, but uh, I. R.I.P. Paul. Oh, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I I found myself listening to this and I actually was questioning like Cohen's whole career and status as this legend. And, and it's when I started going down this hole, I started talking about weights. Yeah, right, right. And, and about the, the what is a songwriter? What is a writer? What is a person? Because again, I would read this stuff. This is the stuff I want to read. Most of his catalog, including a lot of this album, is just like I there's just a better delivery system, man. Like I, I respect the guy's mind. Like it's amazing. It's it's mm-hmm. it's huge. It's terrific. Huge. <laughs> but 
it, you know. But but you don't think this is this is successful what as, do you mean by as a better musical delivery output? system? But answer that yeah. question too. Well, I, I I think I think we they, he, when he came on when he came online in the in the public conscious in the sixties. Yeah, and when he came online in the public conscious, there was this thing where like this was the thing to do, and people evolved and people adapted and they kept on going. And because literally this type of music died out, nobody makes this music. Are you he, saying this is folk? I don't know what it is. I I think Leonard mm. Cohen did his own thing. But he's continuing to do it with, like, even if you take the cheesy eras, <laughs> like, the cheesy backup stuff and everything, it, it's, it doesn't ever quite work as music, but we've just accepted it and said, hey, fine, he's a musician. Instead of looking at him and being like, hey, you know what, this guy is a hell of a fucking writer, he's a hell of a fucking philosopher, he, you know, he's expressing himself this way, but this is, like, just... Like north of of somebody playing some bongos and reading bad poetry. Where are you on Nick Cave? Sort of the same. Well, that's interesting a good. That's question. a good comp. Yeah, interesting. Interesting comp because I think what 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 Cohen has done his entire career is talk explicitly about his feelings. The stories he creates are, uh, and maybe they're not, but he's at least makes you think they are. Nick Cave is good at telling stories. Mm-hmm. So I'm not plussed on the end. That's why we didn't review it. I'm not plussed on the first on the new album. Well, it's very hard to listen to. Yeah, it's very uh, depressing. But but th- but that's sort of my point. Is like some people, it's this intersection of literature and music where people don't quite know what to do with it, but they don't know whether to say because you can't look mm. at anybody in this band that made this album as opposed to somebody in the Black Star band and made that and said. Oh yeah, this is equivalent music. It's not. Oh, you should well, see this band in con. If it's yeah. the same band he had in the in the the tours that they recorded five, six, seven years ago, that band is excellent. I think the definitive the musicianship version. is top yep. notch. Yep. Okay, yeah. I mean it doesn't come across on record. Yeah. Is what well, I'm because this is stripped down and yeah. you sh- have you heard the live album, the O2 or whatever? I have. I have live it, in London, I London. Oh no, I listen yeah. to that. Yeah. But, the, the, like every song that's on there, the version on there is the definitive version of that song. I think. I mean, I, th- I think. I think he really. It took him that long to basically figure out how these songs could like live and breathe on a stage and and be musical. Um, like Tower of Songs should yeah. not be good, and it's great yeah. on that thing. Tower of Songs, but that's the thing. I don't think Tower of Song is good ever. But it's great on that album. I've heard it. I mean, I, I mean, I've, I've seen. I'm I don't Man. like the studio version. I yeah. love yeah. the live version. Okay. What I'll say, though, and, and, and I think, Kevin, you have a point here, is that, you know, w- w- when we Don't all were give here... give credit. I'm just, I'm, I'm, you know, I'll give with one hand and take away with the other. Yeah. Uh, when I think about the three of us down here talking about Blackstar, and we were just, there was just this high level of excitement about yeah. what was happening musically and what this meant looking forward. Um, and, uh, and there's no, you know, I'm not expecting anything after this. This seems like a, a, a definitive closing of Oof. the book. Yeah. Um, and, uh, which is, which is fine, but just does Britney covers in the next album. Well, I, I would listen to that. No, I think, I think there is, um, uh, and, 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 you know, Bowie was a, you know, he, he was, he was just a craftsman and a kind of, uh, he stage managed everything, right. Mm-hmm. Even his own, I mean, his, his death was like the ultimate thing yeah. that he stage managed and it was just done amazingly. And he essentially tricked all of us, um, uh, but but I remember reading a review of the album at the time that 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 talks about uh, 
people in hospice care um, often are trying to give away all the things they have. They mm-hmm. just want their material objects to be passed off to someone, yeah. right? And the last song on Black Star is I Can't Give Everything Away. Um, here, there's a sense that, like, I don't think Cohen has anything left to give after this album. Like, I feel like he's basically said, this is it. Like, it's all, like, I've turned it all mm-hmm. over to you guys um and and that's it there's nothing else that needs to be said. And, that's, and that's and that's an amazing from to, a sort of performative final act to, but well it, it, to go down the the completely cynical road and like is this an album is this a reaction to black star i mean because at, if if we're going just for shits and giggles we'll uh view it as like this is like a reaction like oh shit you can make a graceful album about death it doesn't measure up and, I don't think and, Cohen needed Bowie to give him permission to do that. Yeah. Though. Okay. I mean, I would take that tag. I'm not saying it didn't. I mean, look, Kendrick Butterfly influenced the shit out of Black Star. Black right. So it's but, hard but, to but, say who but, influenced But we're what, in but, that year where, yeah, where I don't literally, think Leonard Cohen needed permission to make an album about that. As death. shitty as it's been, yeah. started off with one of the most amazing artistic I mean, statements. How do we know this isn't time. about Prince dying? Like, I mean. Well, tell yeah, me that. Yeah. Like, I don't think. You know, for for all of his faults, I think I think Cohen is probably um, s- somewhat oddly humble as an art. I don't I don't I don't I don't think he would he's be become would, oddly humble. For yeah, yeah, I don't think I don't think, was, I don't think he would put himself in the same category as both. Yeah, <laughs> he's well, like, well, Isle of Wight. There's a great story behind that, which is that you have six hundred thousand people and gate crashers and tensions are rising super fucking high, and there's all this potential for violence. And his band is hopped up on not hopped up totally depressed on quaaludes they've been yeah. popping quaaludes all day and they take the stage and they're like at a quarter speed of everyone else <laughs> which is why that album is so calming and so gentle and so slow because they just couldn't they just couldn't play the songs at a normal pace because they were you're transitioning to a point that i was writing down this morning which is huh? i really like this album in the morning when i haven't had coffee yet <laughs> yeah do you know what i mean like when i'm just a little beat behind i actually find it to be more enjoyable. If I've got a cup of coffee or six in me, depending on my morning, I can't, it's yeah, not as it's enjoyable. Yeah. I need to be in a meditative sort of pre-awake or post-awake state. So let's all take a bunch of quaaludes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> anyway. Didn't we? Didn't uh, we? After, after the acid? Yeah, I'm a federal employee. I can neither <laughs> confirm nor deny. So, uh... We'll start with you, Patrick. What are you going to do with it? I'm a hard buy. Are you? You can cut me off there. All right. There's maybe one song that I that, don't really like. That's the most here. succinct you've ever been. <laughs> I, hard hard I, buy. I, I try to resist. It's great. It's okay. great. I think it's great. All right. Eduardo? Bye. Bye? Uh, shit. Uh, <laughs> see. Here comes here comes Uncle Killjoy to complain about <laughs> Hallelujah and Leonard Cohen. Oh, we didn't talk about that. Let's, yeah. let's uh, I don't know if we need to. Um. Are you going to trash my mother's favorite song <laughs> in front of me? Maybe. Uh, how much bourbon we got left now? <laughs> um, uh, I, I'm going to stream it. I, I, I think this is his, uh, in the catalog of stuff, I, I can't get out of my head. Uh, I'm going to be you, Patrick, for a while. I'm going to give this long explanation. Please. But, uh, Someone I, I, should. I can't get out of my head that this is a, a slightly cynical, from, from a career that shows this guy is a, a pretty cynical dude. Uh, cynical move, talking about, you know, like, I'm dying, blah, blah, look at me. And the, the, the stories he's telling don't tell me anything else about him. Uh, they just affect an aesthetic. 
I don't react to that aesthetic at all. I never have. I mean, that, and that is that's on me. Like I've never been a huge Leonard Cohen fan as far as musically. So uh, it's worth checking out though. And may, maybe if I, uh, uh, I mean, like I went off my meds accidentally last week. This was the time instead of fish. Yeah, you should was, have been listening was, to this. Not, was not <laughs> a good should have t- waited till after the election, dude. Well, I know it was not a good time. Uh, maybe if during that time I've heard, I had heard this, I could have like related super hmm. hard to it. But I, I, I just can't. I'm just like okay. Like I get you, Leonard Cohen, and good on you. I I don't think he's going to tour this. Do we, do we think he's going to? He's, he's he's ruled out touring. Yeah. I think is he's just too yeah. frail. He's in too much pain. So yeah. even when I saw him in whatever 2010 or whatever, he finished a show and he was very gracious and bowing. You just went, oh, don't yeah, die. yeah, <laughs> don't die <laughs> on the way. I, I, I do think very frail, I, I do think. I mean, to that point, Hallelujah. Um, Jeff Buckley made a song, made that song what it is. Oh, I don't know about that. Dis- I, yeah, disagree. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. Um, for the and masses, I think, and, and 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 for and for a song to which we should be completely desensitized and which should have no emotional effect on anyone anymore because it's been overplayed and overused. It's still, I still feel something when I hear Cohen singing it. Interesting. And talk about your opaque lyrics. What the hell is that song right. about? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. Uh, interesting that you don't. Interesting, you like. To I like the Buckley version. A lot, of course. I just think huh. it's the emo version of the song. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe a little bit. Um, There's a reason they didn't use it in Watchmen. <laughs> yeah, well, that's because Lucas Snyder was trying to be hip. Uh, <laughs> the point is, is you should go out and uh, if, the impossible chance that you have not heard Leonard Cohen, and this this is it. You're like, who's this guy? I think we can all agree. Hey, on the way over here, I Sick took an out. Uber. I was talking about the podcast. I said, "He said, what are you covering?'" I said, "Oh, a Leonard Cohen album." The guy said, "Who's Leonard Cohen?" There yeah, you go. So, go get the greatest hits. Yep, go yep. get the greatest hits. And uh, do appreciate. It, so. so, that's about it. Please don't die tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Au revoir, my once so bright, my fallen star. Leonard Cohen's uh, newest album, his latest album, uh, You Want It Darker? That's our take on it, folks. That is, uh, you know, that, that's grown on me. It is, especially in this melancholy mood I find myself in today. I actually listened to it, and it was comforting, like comfort food, like something that you put into you, and it's 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 soothing in the soul. It did. It isn't numbing, uh, like like all this wine I've been drinking. It is, it is, um, it is, just it it fills, it fills in the best of ways. Um, still gonna stream it, but uh, that's okay. You can go out and do it. You know, find the find the record for you that does that. Uh, that's actually what's really important. Maybe this one does. Maybe one of his earlier one does. Maybe it's ABBA. Maybe it's Miley Cyrus. I don't give a fuck. Find it. Uh, and and do it. Take care of yourself. Not just today. Not just this weekend. But every every day. Um, before we get out of here, we're gonna play a little track. 
the company of this. This is uh, a nice little track by Daniel Bachman. Uh, he has a new album coming out, and uh, it's self-titled. He's a guitarist, I believe, out of Petersburg, right outside of Richmond, down my old stomping grounds. Uh, this is... Uh, it's it's not English folk. It is is just uh, straight up guitar music, acoustic guitar music, aggressively good acoustic guitar music. Uh, so I guess I'm just gonna play it for you and see if this maybe this is the thing that does it for you. Uh, so here you go. This is Daniel Bachman with his um, his song "Brightleaf Blues" off his self-titled album, Daniel Bachman. Thank you. 
Daniel Bachman's Bright Leaf Blues off his self-titled. That is, uh, I believe, out on Friday, if you're listening to this on Thursday. So if you're listening to past that, it's out. You can get it in uh, at Bandcamp. You can get it on uh, on Apple Music. You can get it on Spotify, wherever you, you find your music and, and you you want to listen to it. Um, it's a podcast for this week. Uh, I will say, I mean, I I texted, you know, Marcus Dowling. I said, I don't know if we're going to keep doing this uh, because of the results last night. And then I was like, that's dramatic. And not only that, uh, like I said up front, we do have a voice. So, you know, going forward, we're going to be doing things like putting links to the ACLU in here, a place where you can donate because we're going to need that. Uh, we're going to uh, have people on to talk. You know, hopefully it'll be uh, concerned about music, uh, but it'll be more about us as a people where we go. And, and we're going to to uh, ride the snake, as it were, and uh, see where it goes and fight where we can and uh, make this a better place. And hopefully, you know, this is, uh, you know, you can hate all you want. Hopefully this is a message that, uh, you know, the Trump organization has has started to internalize. Not us saying it, everybody is saying this, that, you know, you, now you have to be, the country has to be together. Um, I've heard a lot of people say that we won't be together, and and like I said, we we are at, at our core the same people. It's just different circumstances, uh, different beliefs because of those circumstances. But I think if we can get everybody back to a point where it's just stop hating, stop harming ourselves and others, uh, or at least think about it uh, for any reason, never mind based on the color of your skin or your religion, then we're we're off to the races. No, that's a good good enough start. It has to be. It has to be. Um, if you like what you just heard, if you like uh, like what we're doing, please subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, you can leave a comment there, leave a star. You can listen to us on Stitcher. You can listen to us on Mixcloud, up on SoundCloud, Google Play. Um, we have a little tip jar down there. I will tell you uh, going forward, all that money is going towards stuff like the ACLU. Uh, we're not going to, you know, we are trying to monetize the site, but we're not going to keep a dime from that. So if you want to donate that way, know that it, that's where it's going. Um, and, uh, you know, we've only got a few more of these left. Uh, I think the next one up that I'm going to put up is is going to be uh, a thing we recorded before, before this election, talking about country music and the implications of its audience, which in large part were the voters who, who elected Donald Trump. And uh, now that's going to be a little more important. Uh, and I'm going to get uh, Mr. Dowling here to uh, talk you through the intro of that, maybe. Um, so that's probably coming up next week. Uh, we got a few more albums left. Uh, some of my favorite people in the world are going to be here, like I said, tomorrow. Uh, Marcus Moore, Marcus Dowling, uh, Sarah Godfrey, Brianna Younger to talk about Danny Brown's uh, Atrocity Exhibition. Uh, so that's going to be out. Uh, we still have Kaja Bonet. We still have a great ep- uh, interview with Nassim Curry of Kingsley Flood. Hopefully... His Golden Messenger will be through here. Uh, hopefully, Phil Cook, because uh, dude, I need some, I need some, I need some good vibes uh, from those guys. Regardless, they have a show coming up next Thursday that we'll be at, um, and then we're just going to round out the year and then keep on keeping on. So, uh, you guys do the same. Uh, you know, be good to your ears. Until then, uh, be good to uh, everybody, as good as you can. Talk to you soon.
<laughs> 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 Kenobi.